0: I'm Dyrann Garrahy and you're listening to Dyrann and Friends. Welcome back to this, our fourth episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and for the lovely comments we've been getting on Instagram and Twitter and to our lovely Gmail account, and Friends at gmail.com. There's something so enjoyable about doing this podcast during the summertime. I've done eight seasons of the Laughs of Your Life podcast and it's never run through the summer, but getting messages from people listening by the beach, by the pool, whether they're down the country or abroad or on their commute, it's been so nice to have that mix. Coming up, we have two returning guests by popular demand. Mark dropped in and we broached the subject of kitchen etiquette. Full hot dogs. (laughs) <laughs> like literally an entire dinner force feeding courgettes. and I am so happy to say that after an amazing reaction and so many lovely messages about her last week psychologist Alison Keating is back and she's here to answer listener questions it's I great. love that
1: you know yeah you know, you know I know <laughs> we're not
0: saying it we're not saying sex this season of Theron and Friends is brought to you by F&F Fashion at Tesco it's your one stop shop this summer season to dress the whole family you know that summer's in full swing when you drive out in the morning and there's no traffic on the roads. Heaven. The schools are out, action-packed weekends with family and friends are very much in. It's the perfect time to get everyone kitted out for the long summer season stretching out in front of us. I popped into my local F&F this week and I had a look at their latest summer clothing collection, which has such a lovely mix of style and comfort and versatility. They have some gorgeous multicolored bikinis, one pieces, big hats, all perfect for your hauls. Also, they have some fabulous playsuits. I love a good playsuit. And loads of gorgeous ones in neutral colours that you could team with a nice colourful jacket, maybe a denim jacket, some trainers, whatever way you're inclined. And that's the thing. They really have something for every occasion this summer at FNF. Fashion at Tesco. Okay, Mark's back in the hot seat. Let's get to it.
2: I feel good. I feel a little bit, uh, in all honesty, I'm worried that I was probably too too mean. Okay. In the last episode. Um, did I, I tell th- you what my dad said? No.
0: He loved everything. Go on. But he didn't like there and <laughs> are he? That was his What did he then. not like about it? He was like a bright uh, very, very bright fella. <laughs> very bright fella. And a lot of the jokes actually Claire and I were a bit lost with some of them. But... Oh,
2: so your dad's Dahi O'Shea. <laughs>
0: the two of them listening above in the bed with a cup of tea uh, and he said he liked all of it except they're in oh. are he. so would you like to apologise or
2: Eugene um, I mean I am sorry uh, the fact that <laughs> the temptation to say something outrageous this is the worst I don't want to be That's this character worst, I, don't want, I want Stop to be, it. I want to show the nice side of me the okay. sort of friendly jovial you know, the guy that goes for runs and takes care of you in ways.
0: Let's get into the fact that... So obviously you... Oh, let it slip that I've moved in. Oh,
2: Shock horror.
0: <laughs> I want to talk about what it's been like to move in with you.
2: Okay. Because I don't Let's think do I've
0: been as honest about it as maybe I could have been. Right. Just, do you know what? Just as a general note on what it's like to move in with... Essentially a bachelor in a bachelor pad. Okay.
2: Yeah, well, hold on a second. It First, couldn't
0: be more bachelor pad. Okay,
2: well, wait there. Just slow down because I know that I'm not prepared for this and you are, so I have to breathe because I don't want to get angry and say something ridiculous <laughs> when well, my parents are separated, so if only you showed a little... Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the way that I roll, okay? Yeah, okay. When my back is up against the wall and I feel cornered like a little rat, okay. I go for the jugular.
0: Well, just breathe because it's not, it's not the end of the world.
2: Okay. First and foremost, it's been lovely you m- moving in. I'm just going to preface it with that. Oh, I've adored you moving in and you so know, you're
0: trying to disarm me now. So no matter how many
2: houses I've lived in in my entire life, this is the first time I've ever felt at home. Nevertheless, do you think we moved in too early? That's an interesting one.
0: Stop trying. Sorry, I want to talk about what it's been like to move in with you. Stop trying to sidetrack. Know, I'm
2: trying to swerve.
0: <laughs> no. Okay, moving into your one-bed apartment.
2: Yeah, by the way, like oh, this, is, this needs to be addressed. The very first time you were over in my place, okay, and your dad rang you, you answered the phone and he was like, Oh, you're in Mark's house? You. It's not a house. It's a one bed apartment. Me (laughs) over in the corner just been like, cheers. (laughs) Eating cocoa noodles out of a slipper. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Cheers. Thanks for making me look like an idiot. It's a fact. Yeah, but
0: still. Moving into your apartment was like moving into a Sylvanian family house. (laughs) This
2: is so outrageous. (laughs) This (laughs) is the roast of Mark Megan.
0: A Sylvanian single. What is. Is uh, what you were. It wasn't a family. You were single and you were on your own. To say it was like Sylvania. Is. is Wait, like a <laughs> teeny tiny bed. Yeah. Teeny tiny presses. One teeny tiny toothbrush. <laughs> teeny tiny. How press. long have you prepared this for? I haven't. It's just coming to me now. With one teeny tiny toothpaste. <laughs> teeny tiny shower gel. With one teeny tiny towel.
2: Okay, that may be the case, but I can explain.
0: Can I talk about some of the top habits that are. That drive me up the wall. Your counter etiquette is the worst I've ever experienced in my life. If you take like a soup out of the fridge, one of the ones that you put in the microwave for four minutes, so you take the lid off, right? Mm. You'll take it out. You'll take the lid off, and you'll put the lid soup down on the counter. Like you don't think about putting stuff upside down for the sake of cleanliness. You'll leave that there. You'll heat up the soup, right? And then you're like, I'm gonna wash my hands, and you wash your hands like splashing everything everywhere and then you'll like whoa like turn around
2: good so I'm Mr. Bean
0: or you'll have like yogurt and you'll take the lid off and and put it yogurt facing down onto the counter and leave it there and like and you're happy to leave it there this is
2: an assassination of character and of man
0: is it wrong am I wrong
2: okay the soup stuff I like, well, my, pro- my sort of approach to uh, life, I suppose, as it has turned out, is wait till things get really, really, really fucking bad <laughs> and then do something about it, okay? So, like, with the apartment, my approach is much the same. I'll have my soup, I'll have my coffee, and you get those stains from the soup, from the coffee throughout the day. No, the but worst. There's no point in wiping as you go because oh. that's just, because then it's just, you're just going to read really dirty. So, I'd be like, I'm going to be here for the day. I'm going to sit in this house in my own field, well, apartment, one bed. It's a one bed apartment. <laughs> But I'm going to sit here and inhabit my own field for the afternoon, and then at the evening, in the evening time, then I'm going to clean. You have this. And when, like, have, you, sorry, and when have you done that? Excuse me. You choke slam me the other day because I just <laughs> finished a glass of water, and before the last droplet had slid down my gullet, I hadn't rinsed the thing oh with fairy non-bio. Do you know what I mean?
0: The laughing. God, it's laughing a real bully.
2: It's a real bully <laughs> laugh. Oh it's that like. Do you ever get in? You're in a, you're in a group, <laughs> yeah. and somebody makes a joke at you, right? But somebody else in the group goes, ah, ha, 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 And you're like, why are you laughing so much? You don't know anything about my parents' divorce. You don't know anything about that.
0: You know the plug that you put in the sink? Yeah. Fair enough, bits of food get caught in that and that's the purpose of it, so that the food doesn't go down. Yeah. You will put, again, <laughs> like,
2: like, Full hot dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, Literally an entire dinner.
2: Force feeding courgettes. <laughs>
0: Get in, you little. you a little. You do that, Mark, as well. And I have to fish it all out then at the adulthood. end of the day,
2: crying. Adulthood is discovering that you can put anything you want in a dishwasher.
0: No, that that is literally the reverse. No, of that's, that's what, what you do when you're a teenager.
2: Discovering leaving alone. By the way, no, you don't. By the way, when you're a teenager, you wait until you're asked to do the dishwasher, then you go. I have to study for my leaving, sirs, <laughs> and you go up with a box of tissues, and you study you, for your leaving, sirs. Doing the dishwasher as an adult is realising that you can put anything in it, in any which way, and it doesn't matter. Oh, here's a glass, here's a saucepan, here's a sock. It's irrelevant. That's absolutely, first
0: of all, it's terrible for the environment, and second of all, oh, it is Greta. so childish. <laughs> yeah, call, Greta me Greta. Call, call me Greta. Call me Greta. <laughs>
2: You've got to do more face cloths than fucking monarchs. You've got to paint a pile of 63 <laughs> wet, drippy ones
0: like on the clean. side of the sink with more stains Makeup stains, Mark. Oh, that's makeup. makeup I was wondering.
2: I thought this was like an act of rebellion towards...
0: (laughs) Why is this honestly the humour that comes up? If
2: this is actually something that you're going to roast me about, right? Yeah. The day that you first walked into my apartment. Yes. Okay. Physically speaking. Yeah. What was the first thing that came to your mind?
0: I remember thinking that the TV was in a very random part of the sitting room. And it's since been moved, which is great. No, but it's a lovely, airy, bright apartment. And I think actually, for the most part, we're getting on grand in one bed because it was obviously a bit scary with a dog to be moving in together uh, in just literally one bed, sitting room, bathroom. Mm.
2: I mean, I think there's misconceptions about general domestication and house etiquette and stuff. I think men are probably... Bear with me. And I'm aware that I'm probably going to isolate myself from like 83% of the audience... I think that men are probably easier to live with on a general day-to-day tidy element. I I do. You go into a single man's house, right? Like you come into my house that time. You open the fridge. The fridge is just completely empty. But there's like (laughs) 17 different types of sauce. Do you know what I mean? (laughs)
0: That is true.
2: Like an an out-of-date chutney from a barbecue in 2018 (laughs) and then like just 15 different types of hot sauce. But like clothes-wise, there's dirty clothes probably all in a pile in a corner. You go into a bathroom, if you're like, females in the bathroom is just
0: bananas. You had no unit. There was just the sink and the shower. (laughs) It was just the sink and the shower come bath and the toilet. Yeah. So I brought over two lovely units and each of them now have their little drawers and I like to pre-buy things. I'll go to Tesco and I'll get four toothpastes, four shower gels, a thing of uh, earbuds, you know, a cotton wool, I'll get everything that we need and have it all stored.
2: Louis True did a documentary about people like you, by the way. These end of the world doomsdayers. You go down to Tesco for five minutes. You come back three days late later looking like a Sherpa with 55 <laughs> fucking toilet rolls. It you're is, like you're like the people on day one of COVID. Do you know what I mean?
0: That is my favorite thing to do. My favorite day of the week is to go into <laughs> day of the every two months. Less realistically, we're not great at actually. In friends, we have that in common. We're not great at actually getting the groceries in. Doing like a big shop. But my favourite thing to do is to stockpile all those things. Have them in the little units in the bathroom. Have the units or have they not contributed to a kind of a nicer environment in the bathroom?
2: They absolutely have. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> I'll be honest, your touch on the apartment has very much m- m- like transformed it from being a... It effectively looked like a sort of...
0: Sylvanian family house.
2: Yeah, I've, I've relaxed with Sylvania, by the mm-hmm. way, okay? There could be some Sylvanians listening. <laughs> They're tiny little ears. They're tiny little ears. <laughs> They're tiny little AirPods. <laughs> up a tree going. What? <laughs> the universal tongue to Sylvania. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I don't know. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: the squirrels in the trees.
2: You've been cancelled by Sylvania. <laughs> I will actually probably get a message going you're a stupid pillock don't you ever have a go at Sylvanians thank you Greg you probably have more penalty points than you got in the leaving get out of my DMs that's the game that's not the game
1: (laughs)
0: sorry can we talk about that's the game because that is something that has started to drive me up the wall no matter what you do or what you say if you want to get away with it if I'm like sorry what you'll be like that's the game. No,
2: if you come in. <laughs> yeah, if you come in. It, look, it's a perfect way to end a conversation. <laughs> That's the game. Do you know what I mean?
0: Or you'll be like, we're getting, let's get takeaways tonight. i like, Mark, <laughs> we've just come back from a holiday and like, there's no way. We should definitely just go and get gross. Just be like, I've had a long day, you've had a long day, and that's the game.
2: Mark, (laughs) Mark, on the last day of holidays, you looked into the Portuguese mirror, and when you caught sight of your arse cheek, you started whimpering um, in regret about the amount of pastries you had in Paris. Okay? Are you sure you want a Chinese night? That's the game. (laughs) That, my friends, is the game.
0: Big thanks to Mark for dropping in again, and a massive, special thank you to our Sylvanian listeners who are avid subscribers of the podcast. Now, jokes aside, we got so many lovely messages about the brilliant Alison Keating who joined us last week. But one email stood out and I really wanted to get Alison back in to talk about it. Here she is. So someone got in touch with the show and said, Hi Alison slash Theron. I wanted to get in touch to ask your advice about feeling anxious all of the time. I'm a 29 year old woman with a good, secure job, a loving partner, and good friends. But no matter what I try, I find it very difficult to relax. This anxiety is a constant gnaw of worry that almost never goes away. On nights out with my friends, I see them having fun and properly enjoying themselves. I pretend to do the same, but it's not real. I wonder how they manage to switch off. I work in healthcare and even though I know I'm good at my job, I frequently find myself fretting over decisions I made at work. This sometimes involves me waking up in the middle of the night, staring at the ceiling, unable to get back to sleep. The only way I can stop my brain from racing and conjuring up terrible scenarios is to take out my phone and start scrolling through my social feed. I could be doing this for two hours at a time. I wake up feeling tired most days. In my mid 20s, I scaled back a lot of my alcohol intake, and I think that really helped for a while. But in the last few years, the anxiety has crept back in, and now it's worse than ever. It affects every part of my life, including my sex life with my partner, because the anxiety and tiredness has chipped away at my sex drive. I don't want to just go through the motions. I remember a time when everything seemed easier. I just really wish I could get back there. Yours, Sarah. What do you think, Alison?
1: that person's having such a hard time, Mm. you know, but it's really, it's really common and there's so much in it. So maybe we'll start with where she ended that she would love to get back to that easier time. Mm -hmm. And when people are feeling bad, again, it's the identity piece. They, they don't feel like themselves. They don't really recognize themselves. She's like, you know, I'm out with my friends I'm I'm not really there you know I'm worried about work there's so much going on with the person you're not going to go back to who you were and I think that's the hardest part isn't it it's a really hard one
0: yeah it's and that's something I've struggled with before if there was a period of my life that say for six months a year whatever I was feeling great for whatever reason I constantly lament that time
1: yeah why do we do that it's nearly like gambling, isn't it? Like, you know, that, that, that one thing, Oh, that was great. And I'm always chasing, you know, you're chasing that kind of idea of happiness. Mm. And actually when we look back, you know, we do look back rose-tinted glasses sometimes. Um, so yes, perhaps times were easier, but maybe it's actually from that piece I was saying to you about accepting, accepting the situation as it actually is right now is the most compassionate thing she can actually do. It's like she's having a really hard time mm. admitting I'm really struggling. I'd be really curious if she's actually talked to her partner about this because I didn't get a sense of that. No. Right? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, I, I get a sense of loneliness, that she actually feels really different to other people. and And that's what I really connect with in this because that's what I wish people knew about being in therapy is that so many people have the same type of worries and concerns. It doesn't take away from it, but it just means you're not alone. Yeah. I, I just hear a sense of, you know, aloneness, a sense or loneliness, a sense of, and, and I'd say because she's competent in her job, especially kind of in the medical field mm-hmm. where you're not actually allowed to make mistakes really. So like for yeah. me during the pandemic, I would have seen a lot of kind of people working in healthcare, doctors, nurses, GPs, all of them. And it was absolutely horrific. It really was. Mm. Um, it was like we were all down there in the trenches. And like, it nearly sounds like there's kind of a bit of post-traumatic stress there. Genuinely. What people went through and what people saw and decisions people had to make. You know, I was in, I, I was uh, in hospital for a week with one of my daughters. Um, and like, it was during the pandemic and there was like, Places cornered off, COVID wars were co- they were cornered off with like the tape you would see around when someone's dead. Yeah, yeah. I was walking around. Like, this is insane, and I was just walking through the hall. So, mm. firstly, the job. My concern is I see so many people within healthcare, and they're they're so burnt out. They've had no chance to recover, and the the the, the insanity. Of what they're expected to do continues so that's a huge part of it mm. i'm hearing again an identity crisis that maybe she's questioning that it's so difficult it's like actually I, I am i good at my job that that sense of that worry about the competency that worry about doing and making mistakes yeah and um, so then bringing that back home to the partner you know and actually sharing that with someone when that's supposed to be that's my profession is very, very difficult. So do you see, like, if we imagine the little Russian doll and all the different selves here, there's the work her, and then she's out with her friends, but she feels so different to them. Yeah. And they're all having great fun, but she doesn't even feel there because she's actually not present. And like, I have absolutely no idea, but you know, a lot of people can experience generalized anxiety disorder. I have no idea if she has that, but it's that excessive worry. Like if you find yourself persistently worrying and she's catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. So she's worrying and worrying and worrying. So what does she do? Actually, one thing that she did really well was she cut down her alcohol. Yeah.
0: That, is, is that a massive? Massive. How big?
1: Huge. <laughs> it's huge, dude. <laughs> it is though. Yeah. Like, you know, most people come into me and they've had a panic attack and they're like, uh, they were sitting on the couch at home. Yeah. And I said, you know, I asked them and then going on, no, no, oh, everything's grand actually I actually don't know where it came from. I'm like, uh, were you out the night before? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, you know, again, it's a different conversation. Why are they drinking so much? Because they're actually just numbing out. They're numbing out because life is, you know, very difficult for them at the time. So it was absolutely brilliant. The, like one thing she's done really well is cutting back on the alcohol because that will really help. But I wonder, is that anxiety been there a long time? Mm-hmm. I'd say the pandemic just exacerbated it. But where she is in her life now, she needs support. She needs structure. But then when we look at what's actually going on, and we'll come back to the sex in a second, but she's just numbing out. So rather than worry herself and catastrophize at nighttime, what she'd forgotten to do. So I would get her to swap her phone for just a notepad. And if she wakes up during the night, actually write down the couple of worries that she has, Mm -hmm. because then your brain can rest. Yeah. It's like you've, you've, you've actually put them. it down. You're genuinely going to check tomorrow. Did I do this? So whatever the worries are, write them down and then you might wake up in the morning. You might and go, I did that. Yeah. But in the darkness of the night. What is that? It's, it's it makes things are 10 times worse. They're a million times worse. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> so you could actually turn the light on. I would actually suggest if that's actually happened to actually get up. Yeah. Right. Go downstairs, do something boring. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I seem to be encouraging a lot of (laughs) boringness.
0: No, but it is. It's almost mindful because it gets you doing, focusing on something that's so generic.
1: Yeah. But not the phone. So I'll come back to the phone. I just want you to get up, go downstairs. Like, even if you're hungry, have a banana. It will help with sleep. (laughs) Then go back up to bed when you're like, I'm actually cold. I miss my bed. And because it's bad to get into a routine of being in bed um, and not sleeping. Yeah. So recognize it. She is catastrophizing. Catastrophizing is just faulty thinking, but that's something that she's going to actually have to work through. Mm-hmm. So I just think, yeah, no phones in the room. Your bedroom is for sleep and sex. That's it.
0: Talk to us about the sex life part.
1: Okay. The word that keeps coming through for me in this for her is she feels numb. Mm-hmm. If she feels disconnected from herself, she's going to feel disconnected possibly from her partner as well, even if she hasn't shared it with them. Mm. So I would say, have a chat. Like your sex life starts outside the bedroom. Not that you have to have sex in your bedroom, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It does. Like that sense of connection. So a lot of people, when they feel disconnected from themselves, that's what's happening when she's out. So when you're in a state of anxiety, it's all future-based. Yeah. What if, what if, I should have, I should have, I should have. Don't should all over yourself and don't what if of yourself. Like I love cursing, but those are the worst words in the English language. What if and should. Yeah, I should have done this I should have done that why didn't I do this you know they cause so much stress huge so really and I did actually get like doctors and nurses to actually use this notepad in that way that sometimes I you know say someone was struggling with perfectionism to actually write down exactly what they did and a tick beside it I did that and then that would give that peace of mind oh I actually did do that Mm -hmm. so that's where a notepad is better not the phone the sex life You know, you have to kind of surrender to have sex in a way. You have to actually feel connected to yourself to be able to connect with another person. So I just think this begins with a conversation. And if, sometimes I think it's nice just to, it doesn't have to always be uncomfortable. You could just go for a walk. I like shoulder to shoulder talks in ones that might feel a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah. And it might work well for the partner as well. If you have to have a hard conversation and so many people find talking about sex really difficult... Oh my God, sorry, I've just been taken right back. I remember when I was in <laughs> in sixth year in school
0: and I was with my boyfriend for maybe two years and I was in the car with my mom and she was like, so you've been with him oh, for two years now? Oh God. And it was the car talk. I had the fear. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay. And obviously things are probably going get, to get serious. And I was like, uh, yeah. And she said, well, why don't we go to the to the doctor and, and chat about it? Wow. Which like when I look back on it now, at the time I obviously died of embarrassment. Yeah. I was like, how is this happening? It was amazing. It was actually brilliant, wasn't it? It was amazing. Now, obviously then fast forward to being in the GP with my mom and my mom crying saying, there she's my baby. <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> Mimi, like, actually I want to die. Oh, hello. She's like, she's been with her boyfriend for two years and you know, can we talk to her about, you know. <laughs> The
1: birds and the bees you know. basically I love that you know Yeah You know, you know I know <laughs> We're not saying it We're not saying sex
0: And I'm there in my uniform Like oh, oh god <laughs> I I thought that leaving her Was my biggest worry This is hell But in looking back It was amazing And and actually sorry My point is Driving along beside her Yeah It was way less Daunting or scary Than if she had just Come into my room Or Oh my god At the okay. kitchen table Or And you'd be
1: just like Oh mom, Go away <laughs> You know I'd say go for a walk. Yeah, sorry, not, back to the sex life. It's not yes. So daunting. Just yeah. go for a walk together and say, look, how are you feeling? Like have you um, I'm wondering if you've noticed we haven't been having sex for the last while. Yeah. How's that for you? You know, um, I really miss you. I really like you. Like it's nice to tell them that it's not that you're not attracted to them. Yeah. But actually I've I've been feeling really overwhelmed. Actually I'm not sleeping very well. I don't feel like myself at the moment. Um but I'm sorry if you, it's not personal. How is it for you? And to start a conversation. On the flip side of that,
0: so say the partner. Yeah. Do you see a lot of that where they feel completely rejected but actually it has nothing to do with them?
1: They feel rejected if the conversation doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, gee, she hates me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But once the conversation is had yes. so much, it's the same, It's like anything. Like- yeah. The sex part is a nice part if you can to bring back into the conversation that it is something that can bring pleasure and release at a physiological level and connection and feel good, but it's a conversation to be had first. I just would like to say to Sarah um, that she can feel better. And I'm really sorry she doesn't. Um, And to actually recognize that she sounds emotionally and physically exhausted. And I would say she's burnt out. And that's not something that you will solve with some small level of self-care. It's actually standing back from your life, going through it. And I, I would suggest talking with someone and get support specifically with that. That is not a failing. It's something that I think, you know, you, you don't try and work through certain things physically. Mm-hmm. So I think with all the information, don't try and do this on your own. You know, get support talk to your partner. Tell a trusted friend how you feel. It's really nice to get different perspectives. Um, and if you don't get the answer that you want, you know, that's okay. Like n- not everyone's going to have the right answer and your friends aren't your therapist. Yeah. But I think it's okay to be honest and say, I'm actually having a really hard time. I really, I feel like I'm struggling. I kind of feel like I'm going through the motions. I don't really feel present. Um, And to say to yourself, that is a great space to start. People don't start doing stuff until it actually really hurts. So because you're in pain, I want you to kind of say, how can I help myself here? What would be the next best step for you to take? And maybe just to write that out. And it could be, it could be a lot of different things, but bring the basics back in, you know, get rid of the phone in the bedroom. Is there any support at work? I know that within hospitals there, there was actually kind of like, you know, support during the pandemic. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if that's actually there now. Yeah. Um, figure out who and what will actually help you and start pulling it in. And it's small. So back to the deer time, you know, it's, it's like literally having your lunch break. And I see that very much with kind of in the medical sphere that they're incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. It is run on the go. It's like, um, I'm eating a Mars bar and and I'm running to the next thing. That is just utterly unsustainable. And that's why we're losing people actually out of the healthcare system because it's not sustainable. So just stand back and go, okay, this is not good. What can I actually do next? What is the next step that I can take that will help?
0: Oh, once again, thank you so much to Alison Keating. She is just a wealth of knowledge and information and again if you want to get in touch and ask Alison a question or have any comments about the show at all you can get in touch friends at gmail.com Thank you so much for listening to Therein and Friends with me and Garahee in the company of Mark Megan and Alison Keating I really hope you enjoyed it and if you did please help us let people know all about the pod you can subscribe you can like it we love a good review and rate the podcast as well if you can This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios and this season of Therein and Friends is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco.